everybody, and welcome, welcome, welcome to Oh This Podcast, or Oh This Podcast, whichever way you choose to listen to it, say it, whichever your psyche tries to tell you that this is the podcast. My Google Home has a different, like, iteration of it every time, like, I ask it what's going on, it'll be like, Oh This Podcast, and then on other days, it's like, Oh This Podcast. It has personal sentiment into it. Steve, yeah. thank you for joining me for another edition of Oh This Podcast. It is our 18th episode. Like, we're officially, like, one season into this, I think. Like, Indubitably. The 1990 sitcom. It is, and to celebrate that, we are going to be doing, this is our Peyton Manning episode. I think it's only right. It's only, Peyton Manning in the pros. It's not Peyton Manning in college. <laughs> we got to, like, Fair we got to take and do that. So, Steve, thanks for joining me today. How are you doing? Yes, thanks for having me. I'm, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Just, uh. You know, cracked a couple beers, get ready for the uh, show, and uh, just enjoying life in general. You're, are you ready to talk to the monster who takes and has ketchup with his grilled cheese sandwich? <laughs> yes, like, uh, you you are a heathen, but, I, uh, you know, I'm, I'm nothing but a forgiving person, so uh, I'll allow it, I guess. I hope Eric will forgive me. I'm sorry I took and offended you on that there. But I do want to point out uh, to, to everybody who hasn't listened to last week's episode Last night I did some research. I had a sandwich. I had two sandwiches actually. One cut diagonally, one cut horizontally, and I can tell you something. I ate them. Uh, <laughs> without further ado, let me get into the metadata for the show. If you haven't done so and you're listening to us for the first time, welcome. If you're coming back for uh, another thing of highly devolved conversation, welcome back. We're here to uh, entertain. If you haven't done so, check us out at ohthispodcast.com. Also go to iTunes, Google Play. Any place on the interwebs that you want to subscribe to that, you can use Overcast. You can use a bunch of different other apps to take and subscribe to the podcast. If you haven't done so, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, yell at me, P4R1, and yell at Steve, Steve Hombaker. Uh, is it Steve underscore Hombaker uh, at no, Twitter? it should be just at Steve Hombaker. At Steve Hombaker. See? Yell at him there, too. Um, do anything you can to support the show. If you want to share it offline with your friends, do that as well. Also, if you haven't done so, please take and give us a five-star review or four-star review uh, to people in public. Uh, or if you're really offended that Patrick puts ketchup on weird things or cuts his sandwiches weird, give us zero stars. Yeah. Or, me, or just give me five stars and give him zero stars. Yeah, it'll average out to two and a half stars. So that's a little <laughs> bit of the, the information that we have here for the show. Uh, just a disclaimer, we have a great show coming up for you. Uh, I'll kind of give you a little bit of a rundown. We're going to talk about some zoo animals. Then we're going to talk about uh, the fan suggested uh, animals in a leading role and then follow up with a lively debate about 1990s hacking movies here. And I wanted to do that because there's a disclaimer where we might go a little bit long today, but it's all good. I got a six pack of beer, so I'm ready for it. <laughs> He's so, ready to rock. Yeah, I got multiple of the beers of the week. So, Steve, tell me what we're drinking. Well, Patrick, you're in for a treat today. We're drinking a delicious beer from a large well now massive uh craft brewery uh kind of corporate owned but uh the uh great brewery out of san diego area ballast point and we are drinking their sculpin ipa which is a really tasty uh west coast style ipa um actually created uh back in like 2005 um they were like the people who started this brewery were like owned homebrew shop a uh, big homebrew shop and came in as like a suggestion they got to work on it um, it was actually called North Star IPA, but it turned out another brewery um, down near down in San Diego actually had the trademark on that. So they renamed it. They were their fish themed and ocean oceanically themed uh, beers. So they renamed it to Sculpin. 
and uh, it is a very uh, crisp 7% ABV, um, but uh, you get a, a nice uh, malt background with uh, a lot of apricot, mango, like citrus, lemon aroma to it, and uh, it's really not not overpowering for a, um, you know, a rather bitter beer at like 70 IBUs. Um, not the not the craziest hoppy beer in the world, but enough to let you know it's there. Um, but yeah, that's a 97 on Beer Advocate and a 100 on Rate Beer. And uh, they've got it uh, pretty much nationwide. They, they sold their brewery out uh, to a, uh, I think it's Constellation Brands. So uh, they pretty much get uh, nationwide distribution. So they got 12 ounce bottles, 12 ounce cans. Uh, they got them in 22 ounce bombers. You can get it on tap. Uh, it's pretty much, uh, you know, they're bad. They're nationwide when it comes to beer. Nice. Very, very cool. Very exciting. It's tasty. It's got a little, I, I think I accidentally bought the wrong one. I got the grapefruit sculpt. Oh, well, that, that is one thing that they like to do. They, uh, they have put in a bunch of different adjuncts to it. So they have grapefruit, uh, different versions of biscuits it, so. and gravy, biscuits and gravy. <laughs> yeah. That would, that would be an interesting one. Yeah. Very much so. Well, with that being said, I must now introduce a, uh, a our hottest new topic that we've uh, a new segment that we've decided to add for uh, the summer season, uh, because my good friend Patrick here is a uh, is an avid supporter of the uh, hot tub, and he enjoys uh, going in there and taking the soak of the century every now and again. Uh, but when he does that, he likes to uh, drink a have a have a little beverage with him. So, you know, without me picking the beers here, we're gonna roll into Patrick's. Hot Tub Beer of the Week segment this summer only. So, Patrick, lead us off with our inaugural Hot Tub Beer of the so, Week. So this is a rolling beer of the week. So Panda's Panda's uh, beer picks right here. And so to uh, put a little background for this, I always try to go get a little serenity now. And there's a hot tub in my building, and I go. And every time I go down there, there's three beers in the case. And once I drink three beers and my fingers are crinkly, it's time to get up and actually go do some work. So uh, last night I was drinking Eugene Porter, but that's not the one we're doing today. So our hot tub beer of the week for all of you kids listening here of 21 or older is Founders Brewing Rubeus. It comes in a nine pack. It comes Ooh, yeah. in bottles and it also comes in a glass if you choose to. <laughs> but I would suggest going to find a nine pack of the Founders Rubeus. It is a raspberry uh, ale that tastes really good. And when you're sitting in tempered to hot water, it tastes very <laughs> good. So uh, that is Patrick's Hot Tub Beer of the Week. If you have any questions, concerns, comments, if I'm a monster for drinking in a hot tub, you can tell me that there, too. I'm looking at you, Eric. I'm no, I'm, you. I'm, I'm just waiting for the week where you come out and you're like, yeah, so I decided that I was going to drink an Imperial Stout while I was in the hot tub, and then I passed out in there. Oh, that's bad. <laughs> just a bunch of white Russians in the hot tub. <laughs> Drinking white Russians. Hey, leave me alone. So without further ado, Steve, let's go into this first topic. Give us the... <laughs> Got to kick it off. I should have made an animal noise, but oh well. <laughs> like a bobcat or something? Yeah, because... Oh, Go ahead. Because we need we need a little animal noise for this because we're going to be talking about uh, some fond memories of uh, heading up to the zoo and also sure. probably probably a little bit about uh, man how much different the zoo is when you're a kid than when you're an adult. Man, I love the zoo. Like animals are cool, but like that's I, I, that's an understatement. Yeah, I think. I think animals are really cool. I'd rather see them obviously out in public and stuff like that, but. You know, one of the cool things about the zoo is you get to see, you know, things that you wouldn't ever go see. And I think one of the things I'm excited about going to California and going to San Diego later this year is to go to the San Diego Zoo. Uh, that's on the bucket list because we get to go see the pandas, you know, Ling Ching. 
Uh, <laughs> it's a bear. It'll rip your face off. <laughs> exactly. Oh, but there are some zoos that are like there are more like nature parks, and you've seen these things where they let you like drive oh, yeah. your car through them. There's oh, definitely. there's one out in there's a couple of them, but we I went out with my dad once to one out in Seattle. It's on the Olympic Peninsula in a, the mighty town of Squim. If you don't know how to spell it, look it up. S e quim. Uh, is how it's phonetically there. But it's on the <laughs> Olympic Peninsula. It's a beautiful area right on the water. And it's one of these drive-through zoos. And they sent, like they sell you bread as you go into it. So we literally drive up there uh, from Seattle. It was a nice day trip. We went camping and all this stuff. But we got to there. And my dad's like, okay, I'm going to use the bathroom before we drive through. He literally gets out of the parks the car, gets out of the car, goes to use the men's room, walks in. And it's like an outhouse, right? It's like sure. a like a rest stop area kind of thing. And they had a petting zoo, right? With like chickens and crap running around and like goats and stuff <laughs> like that would just like run around. Like I guess yeah, they yeah. were like, the, but they had like an official Walmart greeter of the the zoo park happened to be this peacock. And so this peacock literally followed my dad two minutes after he went into the restroom, <laughs> full feathers, just like walks in, and all I hear is ah. <laughs> and I hear him walk out. Do you see that? I'm like, yeah, I saw that. And the peacock comes walking out, scared as scared, didn't know what was going on. He just wanted to make friends. It was like, that's probably not the place you want to have a peacock make friends with you at. No, um, probably probably less than ideal. Yeah, but that place was sweet because like there was that story. So we actually drive through, and they say, don't get out of your car because there's live animals. They will tear your face off, and it's true. I remember like they have you roll down your windows and throw bread out to the animals and i was like oh there's a llama and i don't know why i started speaking spanish at it and he got angry and started <laughs> charging the car and then my dad window locked the window halfway down and a yak just giant yak tongue comes across my forearm and just licks me the entire thing and i'm like oh god this is the zoo so that's my experience with driving zoos but like i've been to i've been to one like that uh there's one in like outside of springfield missouri and they have like mostly like I mean, it's it's usually uh, you know more exotic animals. So it was like zebras, giraffes, uh, stuff like that. I mean, I only went one time when I was when I was fairly young. But uh, yeah, I mean, it was the same exact scenario where it's like, hey, drive your car through here, and here's some food to throw at them. But uh, you know, interestingly enough, like there in the in the wild, there's actually a spot kind of like that. Like if you go up to, I think it's in South Dakota, like outside of the Black Hills or in the Black Hills rather, there's a state park. And they have uh, the, the wild uh, burrows and like they'll come up to you and like just straight up like you just hand them an apple or whatever. And they'll like hang out at your car, like stick their face into into the damn car in order to get like apples or food from you. Yeah, I think of the, the movie The Great Outdoors where John Candy is throwing Clark bars on top of the yeah. car to try to get the bears <laughs> to come. He's like, OK, time to go, time to go. Yeah, but I mean, but that, to be fair, that's not in captivity. Right, right, right. But it's, a, it's that. Yeah whatever we got that but tell me like what are your thoughts about zoos like definitely you have a different perspective as an adult going to a zoo and as a kid going to a zoo i know from a fact that like you notice very different things or it's not that you notice very different things you're looking for different things like yeah i mean i kind of have a, an interesting story that uh i mean kind of revolves I was technically an adult because i was 18 years old but i was still you know my my senior year of high school and uh, we went on a field trip up to the fine Milwaukee County Zoo, um, which also has peacocks running around everywhere. Uh, but uh, so like it, it definitely like went from like being a very like 
kid-like atmosphere to being very serious at the end of the time. Um, so, I mean, it's a bunch of high school kids. I mean, we're all seniors. Uh, no one is really there to uh, learn much of anything. Um, but, uh, and we were in this ecology class, which was a, a, you know, a total joke. The teacher was off her rocker and uh, we pretty much had our, you know, run of the place, pretty much whatever we wanted to do. Um, so obviously we just wander around aimlessly most of the afternoon and uh, wind up in the, uh, you know, the primate house. And we just, dis- <laughs> we discover this uh, gorilla and, you know, obviously like it's all interesting, you know, and you go up and then there's this one gorilla that is just straight up sitting there and it's flipping everyone off. It's just sitting it's like straight gorilla, up, right? <laughs> it's just straight up giving everyone the middle finger and like they, but they actually have a guide in there and like everyone's, you know, all of us were losing our shit because you got this gorilla flipping everyone off. Um, but the sad part was the gorilla had arthritis and that's just how its fingers stuck up. <laughs> Poor gorilla. So, like, I mean, it was, it was not only childish, you know, to, to laugh at, but also, you know, serious on a, on the you know, other side of it, but then going a little step further. So apparently that day, like we had, a, there was like a little presentation we had to go at the zoo. And they were showing us like all of these like illegal items that had been like smuggled or, or taken from, uh, you know, uh, you know, poachers and stuff like that. And they had this ivory letter opener. Um, and then someone apparently stole it and accused our class of stealing it. So it's like, we had to go and sit through like an hour, like of people from our school, like berating our class because like trying to get, you know, who, whomever stole this ivory letter opener like confess up to it it's actually like a, a fairly big crime like i think it might even be a federal crime uh because it was poached. yeah <laughs> and i mean so that was pretty heavy i mean no one fortunately to my knowledge um you know certainly no nobody that i associated with but i don't think our class was honestly involved with it in in the slightest but we had to deal with like the heavy reality of a potential federal crime on our hands and getting interrogated for it yeah, for sure. I know for me, I have a gorilla story too. And it's like, why does it always have to be the gorilla who's the one who's like the guy who's the <laughs> the one who's causing all the ruckus? <laughs> like, I remember the Brookfield Zoo had like the baboon, like the monkey, uh, monkey rock or whatever. And like, sure. literally, you'd go there, there'd be nothing happening. And then they'd see like the bus full of kids and everybody would go out there and there'd be monkeys throwing poop at each other and just start having sex. It's crazy. Like, every field trip you'd go to, it's like, Let's go to the monkey island. Why? Because you get to see the funniest shit. But I was in Seattle, and like this is an as an adult. Uh, this was like maybe four or five years ago, mm-hmm. uh, and it was like a we were there was a field trip in front of us. And I think it was like a Saturday or school or something. Like the field trip was Saturday. There was like a group of kids that were probably in like the second or third grade, maybe some that were a little younger. And they, this again. You go walk up to the grill, and he's just sitting there. They're always sitting at the glass. Like, they always know that they're – and he, he's waiting for his audience to come there, and he's waiting for more of the people, and the parents are in the back, and we're sitting there, and this grill is just, like, looking at everybody. And then he just takes his hand. He just takes and goes and poops in his hand. And all the kids are like, ew, that's gross. And I'm like, rightfully so. That is pretty bad. <laughs> but he was waiting for all the kids to be there and the parents to turn around for it to happen. And then he goes and eats it out of his hand. And I'm like, oh, my <laughs> God. This is absolutely one of the funniest things. As an adult, I need to like, whoa, wait a second. This gorilla knows exactly what he's doing. And then he walks away. 
end of scene. Like it was that was it. That was <laughs> it. He's like, I'll wait for I get like 20, 30 people to watch my show. End scene, I will go walk away. And then the drafts peeing each other and peeing on each other. And, and you know, penguins. Penguins are interesting. I noticed penguins having sex. They just hop on each other, <laughs> go sliding across. It's a- penguins are funny and they are interesting, but they smell like death. Like they are like if you go around a, a penguin, like I don't know what they call them, cage or enclosure, you know, because obviously they have water tanks and like rocks and stuff to climb on. Um, but uh, it is like it is a horrid smell. Absolutely, like, just just miserable. Like almost as bad as the monkey pit. For sure, for sure. Well, so when you go to the zoo, what's the animal that you want to go see? Like, what is the one that you need to go see, want to go see, have to go see? Oh, I don't know if I got to go to necessarily, but uh, I, I like the, uh, I would say the big cats are usually probably the, oh, the yeah. biggest pull. I mean, go see the lions, tigers, you know, perhaps a mountain lion if they have one. Yeah, for sure. I think for I me- went to, I went to like a big cat sanctuary once, which was kind of cool. So it was all like former circus animals, like all, all the big cats that they would run through there or rescues. And that was fairly interesting. But if you don't go during like the morning, they don't do shit. They just sit around because they're cats. Yeah, and that's they're what cats, cats. They do. sleep. Yeah. That once they've eaten, they're not going to do much for the day and stuff like that. Like for me, every time I go to the zoo, I love going to um, I love going to see the bears and not necessarily the, the grizzly bears. I've actually or the never, Chicago Bears or the Chicago Bears. There, what a zoo there! Um, but it's always the polar bears. The polar bears are cool because they'll they'll swim around. If they're up and about, they'll do a ton of stuff for you. Mm-hmm. They're always ready to do stuff. And then the other one that I always like to do was like the dolphin shows. Like the aquatic shows are pretty cool um, at the Brookfield Zoo where they do like all the tricks and all that stuff. That's pretty sure. fun. Uh, dolphins are pretty smart animals. Um, yeah i mean i've seen more of them at like the aquarium mostly but uh one like the bears are are always kind of interesting i think like one thing you notice is like as an adult you can tell which animals like aren't quite right when you're at the zoo (laughs) okay um so and i forget which zoo i was at it was either the milwaukee or um lincoln park or brookfield one in one of the chicagoland area santa's Uh, (laughs) village a zoom in park (laughs) but uh yeah it was uh this this polar bear and it would like sway its head like whenever it walked it was like walking like it had like some swag on like he was like he was going into the club or something like that but apparently he had some sort of like trauma and that was just the way he walked like and people i I, obviously they explained it but it was hilarious and he wouldn't turn around so he would walk forward like go to the one edge and he's just bobbing his head and everything can't turn left then he no then he goes and walks backwards the same way can't go left that's that's horrible yeah but i mean overall i've had pretty good experiences at zoos like i love it i think it just i wish you want to go to the zoo tomorrow i'll go to the zoo tomorrow i'll go any other day any day anybody wants to take me to the zoo i'll go to the zoo like (laughs) have you have you gone during like the winter when they do like the zoo lights and stuff yeah i went once and Sadly, that got taken, and uh, the zoo par- portion of that didn't take and go for that long. But uh-huh. it's pretty cool because that's more like the zoo itself is lit up and stuff. And like, right, we went at night w- to see the lights, and you don't see many of the animals. But yeah, you still go in the monkey house. Always go in the monkey house. You can always <laughs> see your gorilla. They're always doing something. They're always monkeying around. Oh, oh, oh zing, zing. Yeah, that was so the one time I went. Um, my aunt and uncle took us down to. Uh, Lincoln Park 
and uh it was a i don't know it was it was just interesting like uh obviously everything's all lit up but yeah you can only go into like limited enclosures and all that stuff um but uh the one thing that was like the most notable that like still sticks out it's like they had a dude with a nice like making a nice sculpture out of a block and homeboy just had a chainsaw like hacking up <laughs> making a nice sculpture like in the middle of the zoo yeah i it's like, like- I hopefully hopefully it was an animal. I don't know what he was making. We didn't we didn't sit around and watch for him, wait for him to finish. Smaller blocks of ice. <laughs> Smaller blocks of ice. Yeah, I think for me the zoo's always fun. I like the bird stuff too. I like um I can't stand the reptile house. Can't go in there. Afraid of snakes. Not gonna do it. You don't, you not, don't mess with that. My my mom's the same it. way. Not gonna do it. Not gonna do it there. But what, what do you have any other no goes? Spiders. Spiders, but okay. you really don't put those into captivity, you know? No, not. I mean, you might have a couple, but uh, probably not. Uh, I mean, like a tarantula. Oh God, that's bad. Oh, and they they breed out here, like uh, up in one of the areas we went hiking a couple weeks ago. That's they all breed up there. So it's like, yeah, we didn't we didn't see any when we went, but uh, that's that. It's like one of their big grounds, I guess. Can you imagine that on your business card? Yeah. I'm a podiatrist, a taxidermist, and a tarantula breeder. Like that's what you do. So that's <laughs> that good. would be that would be interesting. Do you have like so before we wrap up, do you I had one one question for you. It's like if you had to have a job at the zoo, what would you want? Probably admissions. Because there's a lot the of gate. there's a lot of dirty jobs at the zoo that you really don't want to be. <laughs> like chum master is one yeah. that doesn't sound. What do you do? Well, I fill the buckets of chum so the fish and walruses can eat it. Like I don't know. Like um, if if you knew it, if I knew enough science about it, like I think it being like if I was a marine biologist, like working in sort of sort of like the um the aquatics center would be good. Okay. Would be fun. Um, but a lot of the people that work in the zoos are actual, like real, really smart scientists that right. either know behavioral stuff like that. And, you know, I would probably just be like, if I went to the zoo every day for work, I'd probably be just looking at the animals. So I would not have that job <laughs> for that long. What about you? What would you do? I think I would want to work in, uh, the, I, I think I would stick to, uh, either the aquatic, uh, related birds. So your penguins and other, uh, other, you know, birds that are out there and uh, swimming around yeah you're you're foul uh so to speak uh that would probably be my number one choice just because uh i don't know maybe i i don't think it would be i and this is not to demean any other any person who works with waterfowl or any other fowl but it's like i think that would be one of the easier jobs maybe i could be totally wrong on that yeah but uh or I, i'm sure it has its unique aspects um but uh you know, just birds flying around and doing shit and hanging out with penguins. Like it's pretty, pretty legit. Despite yeah. the smell, uh, if I can get used to that, which I probably would if I was working with them, you know, working with penguins would be probably, probably pretty sweet. Yeah, but you'd have to do the chum too. Don't they eat yeah. chum? Yeah, I, I don't know what the, you'd probably eat chum. I don't yeah, know. Sure, I, sure. I can deal with chum. I mean, if you work with the big cats, then you, you're usually just, you know, hunking up chicken and steaks and stuff like that and throwing it out to them. So, uh, yeah, I also think the wolves would be cool. But oh they, yeah, the, but that, they'd eat the your face off. Like literally, everything there would eat your face off. So yeah, I don't want to piss those off. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'd... Like maybe I would work in this. Nope, not the snakes. <laughs> I don't think I would work in the ticket taker. There we go. So yeah, I couldn't work with a poisonous snake. I'd be that. That I I don't mind snakes in general, like just being around them or anything like that. But dealing with poisonous snakes, I just fear I'd fuck up and get bit. For sure, for sure. But 
you know, that's, that's just my, my irrational fear, I guess I can, I'll, I may, I, if I was working in a zoo, I'd find a way to deal with it. I would cope. I would probably drink Patrick's hot tub beer of the week every night. <laughs> Rubens. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Well, Patrick, we must now segue into more animal talk. So uh, let, let us adjourn this segment with a wah, wah, and let us wow. move into an, yeah, meow. And kitty wants some candy. <laughs> and let us move into some more animal, animal-based shenanigans, my friend, because we came up with a, a, a potential new uh, Academy Award category. I'm, I'm hoping that this uh, passes the, uh, the Academy, but uh, best animal in a leading role. And uh, we're, we're going to leave this open to uh, not only animated features, but uh, the TV side of things, basically just uh, uh, any sort of media that uh, the animal is uh, taking front and center role on. Film and television? Film, television, you know, perhaps on stage, if you really like the way that Simba was portrayed on uh, The Lion King and on Broadway. On Broadway. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. I wish we would have threw a literary in there, but that disqualified one that I had straight off the bat because, like, one of the ones I had literary would have been Hobbes, Calvin and Hobbes. Like, that yeah, would have been perfect. Yeah. But so I know I had a lot of honorable mentions, but before we take and dive too far into this, I want to take and thank everybody who had their definite. There was a lot of suggestions on Facebook about different things to consider and stuff like that. So I'm going to go through my honorable mentions here first. How's that sound? Let's launch it. Go okay. It. So, like, you got to think of Jellystone Park. You got to go to the main man stealing picnic baskets as oh, 100% yeah. yogi. He's smarter than your average bear. Smarter. And then he's got a little boo-boo who's following him around, too. <laughs> um, honorable mention for me, I know is going to be on someone's list, is going to be Simba. And the reason I, he's an honorable mention for me is it's too easy to put him top spot. King of the jungle, too easy. But the reason he makes my honorable mention is a grown-up Simba in when they're singing Akuna Matata reminds me 100% of Barry Gibb singing <laughs> Staying Alive uh, with the hair and the, the strut just walking through behind Timon and Pumbaa. Just absolutely great. <laughs> That's another honorable mention right there. Uh, one that I have there, dinosaurs are dinosaurs are animals, right? Yes. Yeah, we'll they go were. with that. They were. Yeah. And this is more of a supporting one, but the only reason anybody watched the ABC TV program, The Dinosaurs, was not the mama and baby smacking <laughs> the dad with the frying pan. So right there, baby's on my honorable mention. There was one that was really difficult for me. And the reason they're definitely honorable mentions is because you couldn't pick one over the other. TMNT, the turtles. How could you pick, which turtle would you pick to put on above like you can make cases probably for everyone yeah i mean they all have their uh their various merits but uh yeah that's certainly it there i would put them in the honorable mention category i wouldn't put them in my uh my top five leading leading roles it's an ensemble cast for sure i mean you put master splinter up there taz from the tasmania cartoon okay. Like, that's legit. Like, that's a good one. Scooby-Doo. Like, we're talking Scooby-Doo. Oh, yeah, yeah. You don't got to tell me about Scooby-Doo. Yeah. Uh, Andre from the the Seal in the movie Andre. Like, come on. Andre? You remember that movie? Like, 1994's <laughs> classic? Andre, oh, it's and, a straight-to-DVD. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure I'm okay with that. Right, right. Then we go off and say the Chippendale Rescue Rangers were two of them. Alvin and the Chipmunks. Clifford the Big Red Dog. He was a he was a force to be talk about scholastic books. Oh, he yeah. had a movie career that was like none other. And then also one of the last but not least honorable mentions is, you know, if Bill Murray's gonna be in your movie, your live action movie, 
Like it's got to be good. So like Garfield, because <laughs> he was thought it was the Cone Brothers. You know that story. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Any cat that hates Mondays loves lasagnas uh, is in the top of my thing. So those are I'm the honorable mentions. Of, I was a big fan of Garfield as a child. Oh yeah. yeah but also was... a literary genius too, who had had moved <laughs> to film and television. You know. Most definitely. Most definitely. I left yeah. one off on purpose because this is this is our fan interjection into it. So we'll we'll go to the format of this. Yeah. So. We basically have uh, each one of us has our, our top five uh, nominees for uh, for best uh, you know animal in a leading role. It's like our and Hunger then, Games. Yeah, and Battle and we also we also have our we we selected one fan submission because uh, we there was a lot of carryover, um, which obviously speaks speaks to the strength of the candidates that were uh, that were put up. Uh, but we uh, there was a lot of carryover there, so we wanted to make sure we just picked one out of the list. So. Uh, yeah. Without further ado, Patrick, I'm gonna I'm gonna rattle off uh, you know m- my number five here, and I'm gonna go with the lovable canine, which is Beethoven. Oh God, very good. Big ass dog. Is is this by Spawn seed? multiple movies? Is this by seed? Because that's a solid number. That's a if he's coming in at your wild card, like he could be number one on many well, brackets. Well, he's it doesn't necessarily have to be seeded. He was just my my fifth my fifth selection. He's he's within you know it's like best picture. They've got ten nominees for best picture now. It doesn't matter which which seed you get. Anyone can win. Wasn't it, uh, Charles Grodin and Beethoven? That's a good question. The barbecue sauce. I was like from I was Seinfeld. Too, <laughs> the I was too barbecue? young to pay attention to any of the other actors. A 1992 <laughs> film drama comedy, a 127 minute Beethoven. What Wait, is it? Wait, did you say 127 minutes? Yeah. No, they no. Excuse two... me. One hour and 27 minutes. Okay, I was yeah. gonna say they got two, two hours, hours out of Beethoven. Out of Beethoven. <laughs> it would have been awesome. That was a happy accident right there. So okay, so that was your. I'm gonna go with uh, a canine. A dog to the lay person. Actually, I'm <laughs> going to speak to 101 of them Dalmatians. Okay, so you're you're using your uh, executive privilege here to use an ensemble. I'm, I got a couple ensembles in here, yeah. but this one, Lucky and Patch, were two of my favorite of the 101 Dalmatians. Uh, they were because they were the cute little puppies and all that stuff. Um, but again, a classic Disney movie, you know, from the sixties that got remade with Glenn Close. You can't beat Glenn Close in any movies there. That's how come they are coming in at my number five, 101 okay. of them. And if I, if I need to take and send them off strength in numbers, man, you only got, well, I guess the St. Bernard against a hundred and Dalmatians are pretty big. Yeah. What would you rather have a 101 Dalmatians or a St. Bernard? Don't Dalmatians, aren't they deaf or blind or something like that? I don't know. Something like that. Well, I, don't know. I, I know that they're not particular. They're I don't think they're supposed to be particularly friendly, right? But yeah, my 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 canine uh, knowledge of of breeds and uh, things of that nature and their temperaments is fairly limited. Right, 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 right. <laughs> okay, well, now that we've talked about canines, dogs to the layperson, who is your number four or wh- well, whom, whom, or whom uh, the bell tolls indubitably. My uh, my my next selection here. I'm I'm gonna take a little trip out to uh, well, not only once out to the farm, but also one time into the city, because I'm talking about the lovable pig, Babe, <laughs> which obviously a a front runner there. Uh, you know, as far as animal based movies, I mean, you got a lot of uh, high impact characters there. Uh, but uh, yeah, ram you certain- sheep be true. <laughs> most definitely and uh so yes babe is a uh i watched that movie and babe pig in the city 
numerous times on VHS. And uh, yeah, that's that's where I'm going with. Babe picking the city. That was my college nickname. <laughs> Think about it. Okay, so number four for me has got to be one of, you know, the best, most rich people. He could buy, babe, 10 penthouses in New York City if he wants to. He could probably, you know, he's got a bajillion dollars. It is one of the finest, uh, smartest, most scrupulous or unscrupulous business ducks that I know. It's the only duck that I know that is from DuckTales that dives and swims into gold bullion, gold it's coins. A, it's a pretty good gig if you can get it. Dude, if you could be Scrooge McDuck, like, how is that not a bad thing? How is that not, like, the greatest thing ever? Yeah, that's uh, that's solid. I, and I was a big fan of uh, DuckTales, so uh, that... Uh, yeah, you know DuckTales is coming back, right? I heard something about it, but uh, I hadn't read too much. DuckTales. Yeah. I know Animaniacs is coming back. That's awesome. Which I'm I'm very excited for. Very, very smart. Um, smart people. So, Patrick, we have to go back to the uh, the world of canines once again because uh, uh, this one is a fairly obvious choice, I think. Uh, I mean, when I think of, uh, of dogs, I primarily think of them and it's like, what athletic feats can you accomplish as a dog? And I immediately go to, well, why? I don't see any rule that says a dog can't play basketball. We're going with the very famous, well, let's see. His real name was Old, I think, Old Blue. Then he was renamed Buddy. But uh, the the fine golden retriever Buddy from Airbud. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine what it would happen if you were the kid who got bumped for Bud to be on the bench? It's it's the age-old, uh, you know, Mikey Wild uh, famous, famously put on there. It's like that kid is uh, probably at his lowest possible point. Fortunately, he's young, so he'll have his whole life to be disappointed. He'd be like but, Michael uh, Jordan. He gets cut from the freshman team because of Bud, <laughs> and then he's coming back to be the greatest in the NBA ever. Like you never maybe, know about maybe that. that's what inspired him. Is he was he got cut because of a dog? Yeah, at least it doesn't have fleas or worms or anything like that. But I mean, not only did he, I mean, we're talking the whole Airbud franchise. So I mean, not only did he play basketball, but I believe he also played football. He was a, in, in he golden was a receiver. golden receiver. Um, and I'm sure I know that they made the uh, Air Buddies, uh, you know, kind of spinoff franchise where it's just puppies who do sporting things. Uh, but I yeah, I mean, he's he's like the thoroughbred. I mean, he sired all those pups, I'm sure. And, uh, you know, he's got, uh, um, you know, they've got uh, plenty of uh, plenty of uh, athletic potential and uh, they're just good breeding stock for uh, future uh, sporting dogs <laughs> you said thoroughbred that went to snow dogs and cuba gooding jr to my brain i don't know that's not on the list but that's perfect like it's like literally what went to uh my brain there so okay so you went air bud that's your trump card i see how it goes you know mine frog frog is wrong frog, frog is, is always wrong. wrong kermit defrog like how can you take in it's not easy being green he's proven it he's a go-getter Lunch pail kind of guy comes up every day. He's an everyday player. He's an he's the Cal Ripken of the Muppets. He's the he's the un, unsung hero of yep. the Muppets. You're yep. not not Miss Piggy. Nope, nope, nope. You're going, you're going. Through. All right, cram it, I, Frog, one hundred percent. I won't, I won't give you too much flack for he, Kermit. He's my Vince Carter this episode. <laughs> oh yeah, I, no, no, no. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna dog you on Kermit. Um, he's a frog. But, frog is well, wrong. This, this one, yeah, he is a frog. That's correct. Um, so this one should be near and dear to your heart. And I'm, I'm a little surprised that it hasn't, you haven't hit it yet because 
What about uh, the very, you know, panda friendly, your Poe from Kung Fu Panda? <laughs> I don't know, man. I mean, Jack if, if anyone would appreciate that, I would think it would be someone with the with the uh, nickname of Panda. You know, see, I don't like, I would rather prefer the panda in Anchorman who could rip your face off <laughs> than a Kung Fu panda. This, this Kung Fu panda could rip your face off. Only my animated face. <laughs> and he eats copious amounts of Chinese food. That's awesome. That's great. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know. I, I never really actually saw the Kung Fu Panda movies, so that okay. might be on me. Okay. That might be another reason I'm a monster. You know, that's fine. I, I mean, should just the the nominees all fall within your you know within one's frame of reference. So uh, if you haven't uh, if you haven't viewed it, then you you know you can't uh, make an accurate judgment. I'll have some grilled cheese and ketchup this weekend, and have some Kung Fu Panda <laughs> sessions. <laughs> that's adulting at its finest, one hundred percent. Oh, that's great. So the next one I know was submitted by some people and you guys are dear to my heart because I thought this was literally one of the ones that I came up with first. Steve can corroborate that. It's the first thing I sent to him when I, a couple of weeks ago when uh, uh, I suggested that we do this thing. And it's literally goes to adulting 100% because <laughs> a couple of weeks ago, I realized that uh, Hulu, this was probably six weeks ago, that Hulu had... Uh, the great Disney catalog of movies they started to get on there. Heavyweights was on there. Blank Check was on there. But not oh, yeah. only was there one, but there was number two of this movie that was a cast of animals. Uh, none other than your Homeward Bound, Shadow, Chance, and Sassy. So oh, yeah. it's a, two canines and a feline. That could kick anybody's ass. Like the Homeward Bound. They're like fucking Lewis and Clark, man. I mean, <laughs> they go over the continental divide. You know, it's absolutely crazy. Like, who is to think that that chain link door on that fence was going to stop them? But I still think the funniest thing is Michael J. Fox as the uh, Chance, the dog who's overzealous. And he just goes in. And then the scene in the first movie where he uh, tries to chase the porcupine. Yeah, he's like, I'm hungry, I'm hungry. That it gets stung was like one of the funniest things ever. Like, yeah, he's like, oh, you got to get the shoe to it. Like Michael J. Fox makes that movie. Uh, let me just tell you, as an adult, that movie doesn't really hold the test of time. Like, no, as much doesn't. as I liked it uh, as a child, like I was watching, I'm like, 35 minutes. I'm like, okay, they're gonna continue this for another hour. <laughs> they're gonna go over the mountains, and then, oh, yep, there's a cougar. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, this is it. But it's a great movie. Like the characters themselves were awesome. Now, if they were, if they were like Ice Age, they would just recruit the cougar and they oh, can dude, you know, bring him into the crew. Think of Ice Age, because that's Ray Romano. You, it is Ray Romano dude. and Dennis Leary. God, and John Leguizamo. We got to revamp this up the next time. Okay, so number one, who is your number one? So my my first overall pick, uh, which we've already, uh, you've already alluded to, but uh, it has to be Simba in the lion king i don't I, because of the barry gibb part or just because he's the best <laughs> you've been watching a lot of bg's uh documentaries or something on youtube recently or something like that because i, I don't see where the connection comes in the hair but. the mane staying alive <laughs> watch it i'll post it to the interwebs you guys are gonna have to like tell me if i'm crazy I'm sure that you'll get a you'll get an a, a, a response that we'll just call it that you'll get a response okay um but uh, yes, Simba. Obviously, the uh, you know there, there doesn't really need to be any justification. I mean, he becomes the Lion King. Uh, you know, he he goes on and uh, becomes one of the uh, rulers of uh, the Great Plains of Africa. This is true. This is true. 
Interesting. So, okay, we're going to my number one. And this one takes you to, I think it's a Michael Crichton book um, that has got one of the best stories that I can ever imagine. It is take you to the, the jungle of Zaire. Take and put yourself in there, right? And mm-hmm. this company wants to take and create a telecommunications thing. But they also need diamonds from Zaire, the diamonds to take and make their laser so their laser can take and do telecommunications. And then there's these guys who are teaching this 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 nice gorilla how to talk using sign language and a Nintendo power glove <laughs> to take and make the words come out of the backpack, like the proton pack and Nintendo power glove for Amy from Congo to speak. Yes. The yes. animal freaking talks. And it's not like Dr. Doolittle talks. And to the point, it's like, Amy want raindrop drink. And Amy want raindrop drink. And the gorilla gets fed a martini on the plane and throws an egg at one of the other characters. Amy talks. None of Well, I guess some of the other animals do talk. Now that I think about it. Well, assistance talking by a Nintendo Power Glove. Sure. <laughs> you saw that movie. That oh, was a good yeah. movie. I read the book. I read yeah. the book. Yeah, and... Uh, Yes, the uh, various gorillas who turn homicidal and uh, yada, yada, yada. Don't want to ruin it for anyone who hasn't uh, read or uh, seen Congo. but uh, Please yes, watch a, it. It's awesome. That is a very good choice. And now, Patrick, let's uh, get our last nominee in here, the, the 11th man, because uh, we've got our, our fans that, uh, you know, so, so many great suggestions, some of them which made it into both of our uh, top fives. Um, but uh, the, the people have spoken, Patrick. And the people want another primate on this list. Oh, for sure. And curious primate. They they want a they want a primate who perhaps decides that uh, a he's hotel going life to, would be good he, for he him. Want, he really enjoys the hotel life. And we're talking about Dunstan from Dunstan checks. And in. when he checks in, he is a hotelier of sorts <laughs> in the primate world. Like, do you think? Do you think Dunstan got mad rewards points for his hotel stay? Dude, fuck yeah! Like, <laughs> dude, I yeah, like I can't think of anything. Dunstan Checks In was, I watched that movie religiously as a kid. Why? I have no freaking clue. <laughs> but, like, to see the orangutan just, like, I think it was when they put him in the bellhop suit. He was like, oh, this is, like, my friend Dunstan in the bellhop suit. I was like, this doesn't make any sense. <laughs> but it is absolutely hilarious. Like It was one of those movies that you, I think you watch as a kid, and, like, as a kid, you suspend a fair amount of reality. You're willing to. Uh, Wait, he you know, wasn't go, there as a union member yeah, of the. You're, you're willing to go group. along with a lot as a kid. And that was one where I think I was just old enough to be like, what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> yeah. It was good, though. I watched oh, yeah. it a lot. Yeah. So, isn't, like, uh, isn't Jason Alexander in that? Or is that a different primate related movie? I think you're thinking of Blank Man. <laughs> which is not a primate movie at all but no I, i'm gonna look this up but uh yes patrick so why don't uh why don't you tell me why, why don't you come at me and you tell me which ones that we need to uh knock out of here because off of uh, our list like is yeah, it a combined top 11 right yeah so we've got 11 nominees we got to eventually whittle ourselves down we got to have the you know the uh goldman sachs or what what's the accounting firm that does uh Arthur does all Anderson. the yeah, they they've Arthur. <laughs> Accenture's got to deliver us the uh, envelope with the with the winner uh, of this fine award. So uh, we got to we got to make we can't have eleven winners. We got to have one winner. Yeah. So I think we need to take in at least for our considerations for this episode, and we could blast out a full on uh, bracket 
soon to take and have the fans vote on this. Uh, let's talk that as a future idea. But for now, we have to take and break it down into, you know, primates, canines, felines, I think. Okay. Are some of the categories that we could take and go into it. So if we're going to stack rank primates, we've had Amy from Congo. Mm-hmm. We have Dunstan, right? Um, do you have any on your list? Uh, on my end, I do not. Okay. Have, yeah, we're we're no no primates. So I would say the Dunstan checks in. Dunstan didn't speak, but was very comedic in that role. Amy was the key focal point for the movie Congo. That's a tough one. I would probably, if I'm stack ranking primates, would have to go not just because Amy was my top pick. I'd have to go with Amy. But Dun- that was a close one. That was kind of like it had to go to the judges for that fight. So yeah, I'm gonna I'll be your your tiebreaker there, and uh, not to not to disappoint our uh, lovers of uh, Dunstan and Dunstan checks in and Jason Alexander who is in that movie. That's awesome. Uh, but uh, yes, I, I'm gonna go with Amy because uh, Dunstan. Uh, you know, I I like my I prefer my animals to uh, you know be a little technologically advanced, and uh, Dunstan wasn't wasn't doing it for me. Yes. Unless he can prove to me that he's a platinum member at like Marriott or Ritz Carlton, then you know, then we'll talk. Then, then I, then I may have to uh, change my vote for next year. Right, right, right. So we've got Dunstan. We got Amy over Dunstan. Okay, so that takes our primate section. I think in our felines, we've got we've got Sassy from. Well, let's just do our canines first. How's that okay. sound? Right. Yeah, let's go. So we've got Homeward Bound, and I'm going to take and put them as feel or as canine because it's majority canine yeah two out of three we got 101 dalmatians and then we also have uh air bud and then beethoven now the way that i'm going to take and pick this one is there were franchises on all of these to be honest they were multiple pictures 100 i'm going to take into uh, a standard silicon valley valuation of them and dilute shares so top ranking off i'm going to take and put 101 Dalmatians is sadly going to be the first one off my list because it dilutes the amount of them. If there was like seven <laughs> Dalmatians and they could do yeah, the they, same efficiency. Their equity stakes are very low. Right. We have to cut that there. Now we get into Beethoven, which is a St. Bernard and Air Bud versus Homeward Bound. And when I think of Homeward Bound, I think of the amount of distance they traveled versus Air Bud and also versus Beethoven. And I, I put that as a high thing, but there were also three of them. So is that even mm-hmm. more difficult because they traveled together? Hmm. Or is know. it or is it easier because you have camaraderie and you have people to push you? Less food. It's survival of the fittest out there. Beethoven and Air Bud were getting fed. If Air Bud hit a three pointer, you think he got Yeah, Air Bud's an elite athlete though. You think he got Pizza Hut when he when they won the games? No, man, he ain't clean. He ain't clean. He's okay. like he's like the LeBron James of uh canine basketball players. Yeah. So I would actually, out of like t- to go off of the list, I would probably take Airbud off of the list, and I think this is going down to two for me, and okay. it would be between Beethoven and Homeward Bound, and I think that if I have to go with it, what I, I haven't watched Beethoven in a long time, so I can't do the standing the test of time portion of it here, but it's also a dilution factor. As much as I respect the effort to go back and see the kids. And to go across the continental divide and thousands of hundreds of miles or whatever it was to get there. 
they shouldn't have left in the freaking first place. No. No, and that's that's a knock against them. They caused their own problems. And not only did they cause it once, they had a second movie about it where they caused problems. <laughs> Troublemakers. They fucked up twice. <laughs> Michael J. Fox, you fucked up. Beethoven is my dog. Okay. So He's my I dog. Will, I will respectfully. And who let that dog out? <laughs> oh. I will agree 100% on your uh, summation on the uh, your summary dismissal of the 101 Dalmatians. And I will also agree with you on uh, Homeward Bound. Um, again, the excellent competitors made a made a fine uh, set of uh, feature films. But uh, yeah, I 100 percent agree with you. They caused a lot of trouble and a lot of anguish for some people. They went um, they got picked up. Then they escaped the pound where they were trying to help them get them back to the family. They just fucked it up. Fucked it up. Sorry, I'm so, getting angry and blood pressure is going up here. So I we will scratch both Homeward Bound and 101 Dalmatians. I got no problem with that. Um, but I'm not willing to let Airbud walk off this list this early uh, because uh, he's, I mean, he's just a, a, a freak of nature. I mean, you, you, got a, you got a dog in there who's you know, actively supplanting children off of a basketball roster and hitting, hitting jumpers, making outlet passes, doing everything that's required of him to be a great team player. Uh, I don't see how you can uh, how you can dismiss him now. I mean, if you're willing to uh, you know let him move on, uh, so to speak, I'm sure that we can have the uh, the Airbud Beethoven debate. But I don't think he should be gone this early. Okay, we could do that. We could go to our next category, which I think comes into our exotics, and our exotics would include off of my list it would be Kermit D Frog mm-hmm. and Scrooge McDuck, and off of your list it would be Simba. It, pretty much all your yeah. remaining ones. We've got Simba, we've got uh, Poe from Kung Fu Panda, and then my last remaining one we have is Babe. Yeah, that's a good exotics list, okay? It's going to be six. This is a tough category. This is like uh, best new duo at the Grammys, you know? This is like, (laughs) this is it. So to be fair, I think that this one is a clear front runner, but I want to hear your stuff first. I want to hear your logic first. Yeah, sure. Um mine is uh, what I'm going to, so if I, if I'm putting those, those five up against one another um, right away, uh, I'm going to put, uh, I think I'm going to, I'm going to scratch babe from the list. Ooh, uh, interesting. And not because I, you know, it's, it's nothing against, it's nothing against babe, but uh, because you struck a particular affinity in my uh, childhood years uh, to uh, DuckTales and Scrooge McDuck. So I got to keep Scrooge in there. So I'm going to scratch Babe out of there. Um, then if I'm going to my next kind of level matchup, I've, I've either got uh, Simba, Poe, and Kermit. I know those three. I'm getting Kermit the hell out of there. I don't need a frog on my list. Frog uh, is wrong. Frog is, frog is always wrong. Um, so that's where I would, I would make my cut there is on, is on Kermit, uh, which then leaves me with Simba, Poe, and Scrooge McDuck. Um, all things considered there in a three-way battle, Simba's going to kick the ass of the panda and, and uh, Scrooge McDuck. So Simba's going to stay. So it's really going to be a fight for survival between Scrooge and, and Kung Fu Panda. Uh, I think Scrooge McDuck outsmarts the panda. And so I'm going to stretch. I'm going to stretch Poe out of there, leaving me with Simba versus Scrooge. Simba's winning that. Yeah. 
That's a tough one. That's an interesting. It's one. A, I mean, that's just my my line of thinking. What do you, do you have any that uh, you would you you know you think that we should not lose at this point? Yeah, uh, I think for me, I would go a little bit different. I would go intelligence and ingenuity over uh, brute force right off the bat. So my pick would be I kind of end up in the similar spot, but here's where we go. Okay, first I would take and keep Babe in there longer. Ba-ram, you sheep be true. The pig becomes a sheepdog. Pigs are smart animals. Pigs are smart animals. He figures that out. He comes there. He has control over another domain of animal and earns the respect of another animal, too. <laughs> like, so that's legit. So I take him do that. Kung Fu Panda, again, if we're going in on movie franchises, is a franchise. Did a lot of stuff. It's awesome. They all were franchises. These were all leading franchise-type animals. Um, but... To be fair, I haven't seen Kung Fu Panda in action, so by the benefit of the doubt, as much as it hurts me to cut a panda off of this list right off the mm-hmm. bat, panda's gone. Okay, so okay. we both agree there. Yeah, he's gone first. The second thing is, Frog is wrong. Kermit is, I'm going to say, Kermit is taking the retired route out as having probably one of the longest careers. So okay. I'm gonna take and give. So him he got a, the he got the nominee based on the basically the lifetime achievement award. Yeah, and he got the gold watch. He's he's yeah. he's in Cooperstown. He doesn't need to take and win this again. He'll take and win like uh, the lifetime achievement award next year for sure. But if we're talking heavy hitters, you got Scrooge McDuck, you got Babe, and you've got uh, Simba, the King of the Jungle, a resourceful pig who would get eaten by the king of the jungle. And then a guy who could buy (laughs) them over 10 million times more. I would then say babe would take and go out 100% at that point in time, not enough resources, even if babe goes to the city. Okay. Sorry, babe. (laughs) You're still not going to be able to get that. Scrooge McDuck can get you penthouses, but you're not going to get there. And so then this leaves us to Scrooge McDuck versus the future king of the jungle. Who has the who has Mufasa behind him? I, I'm still worried about Scar. You know, there's going to be like an <laughs> alternate ending, like Top Gun Two, where Goose doesn't die, where Scar doesn't really die either. <laughs> you know, there's got to be some fan fiction out there. But as much as it's tough, because the Ducktales theme song was great, everything about Scrooge McDuck is great. Um, Simba, I left off only because of the Barry Gibb part, but he's definitely in the exotics category going to take and win there. So I think it's going to be Simba. I agree with you, but I disagree with how early babe went out, Okay, but it's good to have this, you know? Yeah. So now we are down to four candidates here. And one, one that I, I put my, uh, two cents in on, uh, you know, I think we, uh, you eliminated too early, but uh, I think that, uh, you know, I, I moved him back in uh, by, uh, you know, the, the committee vote. Uh, you know, it's almost like the, the veterans committee in, uh, for the Hall of Fame. You know, they decide, uh, you know, you get your last chances at the Hall of Fame. And uh, I decided to keep Airbud in. Um, so you were not voted off the island, but no, not exactly. just yet. So, so what's so our what final four? We've got Amy. We've got Raindrop Simba. Drink. We've got Airbud and we've got Beethoven. Okay. What's our seating? Because we gotta go head to head on these, right? Yeah. So let's uh, let's pair up. Do I don't want to. Uh, I don't think we should necessarily pair them up by uh, by category of uh, you know by species necessarily. Um, let's go uh, with Amy versus Beethoven, and we've got Simba versus Airbud. Fuck. 
we got some heavy hitting matchups. Damn. Here. Okay. Well, I'll take and just straight up. I'll do the easy one first. Simba's straight up. That's gonna be like. Uh, that's gonna be. Yeah. No questions about that. So you've got you got Simba Simba walking into the final. Oh yeah, for sure. The supporting cast around Simba will take and do anything that everybody. <laughs> you know. You know, if you get Pumbaa around there too. That wasn't a pun intended, but like literally, Puma would just own with Lion King stuff. Mm-hmm. Simba's definitely going into the final. That's an easy one. That's like I don't know. I can't make of an analogy. It's not a David and Goliath thing, but it's, that's like they're, a they're one versus six. Yeah, that's a yeah, yeah that's a one sixteen match. Sorry, bud. You know, yeah, you may enough. be a golden anyway. receiver, but that's a fair tough enough. one. The next yeah. one, what do, what say you? Or do I gotta go all mine? Well, no, uh, I will. I'll take this one. Um, I'm, I'm going to lean in the, uh, direction of the, the large primate who has a, uh, Nintendo power glove and, uh, is, uh, learning to, uh, speak and that we got to go with Amy on that one. Amy over Beethoven. Yep. Okay. So the finals are Simba versus Amy. Yep. We are, uh, patrolling the, uh, the great continent of Africa for our, uh, our final uh, champion here. Beethoven was a tough one to throw it out was. there, but you got Nintendo part. Oh God, Jesus. This is hard. What say you crowd? I wish we were live streaming this to hear yeah. everybody's <laughs> thoughts right here. Um, do we want to hold off and do a reveal next week on this? No, no we want to do we it. Got, right we got to draw a line yeah. in the sand. Um, that this is really tough. Both movies were great. And by great, one was actually good and the other one wasn't that good. <laughs> um, but they were entertaining. I read Congo 100% cover to cover in like the third grade. Uh, loved the movies. Loved it. The Nintendo Power Glove is great. The qu- the talking part for the primate, amazing. Simba, though, is like that's everything in your childhood was compared to Simba. Like you right. wanted to be Simba. The only knock I have against Simba is that it was Jonathan Taylor Thomas. <laughs> You're not a JTT guy? Well, not necessarily, but for that I pick Amy Congo. Wow. wow. We're going to have a we're going to have a, a we got to we're going to have to settle this one because uh, I am firmly in the other camp. It's Simba without a doubt. Um he is the he is the king. Uh there is uh um no reason why that uh he he should not be there. Um, I, I mean, Amy's awesome, but I got to think that, uh, you know, if, if you, uh, take the, take the, uh, communicative abilities away from her and, uh, you know, she's, she's just not there. I mean, it's, it's, she I mean, finger paints though, <laughs> shoot yeah, a gun with lasers. That, that's, that's great. But I mean, I've got literally Is Simba the, drinking martinis on an airplane. He's, nope. he's the, he's the number one seed, man. Like I, I can't, he's my number one seed. I can't see. A scenario. I mean, the kid overcame adversity. I mean, he watched his dad die. You know, he got set up by a you know his, a member of his family who you know orchestrated the whole thing and overcame the odds, became a man, and became the great king that he was destined to be. And Whoopi Goldberg was a hyena. What about Rafiki? Rafiki, <laughs> man. I had a feeling this was going to be the case. So what we're going to do is these were the top picks that we had. It's definitely a debate, but we want to hear from you. Tell us what you guys think. We'll post it in the, we'll post it on Facebook and after this to. All right. Yeah. We're, we're drastically opposed here. So we're going to need a, a fan. Yeah. This breaker. is, yeah. We'll need a tiebreaker. Cause I, I can't concede although it was close, but I have too much of a, uh, 
too much of a heart towards both of them where mm-hmm. it's tough. Granted, Simba's badass. Amy's badass too. Amy jumped out of an airplane attached to uh, a Ghostbuster. <laughs> Just but was that? A... But was that of her own free will? Well, they got to get out of the plane because they were getting shot down going over Zaire. She she doesn't have the the understanding of that. She you know if you if you leave her strapped into her seat, she's going down with the ship. Now, if you put Nala up there with it, this is a whole different conversation. Okay. If Nala was the the best supporting uh, lead in a female role, that's a different <laughs> that's a different conversation. Well, but, then we will we will put this out for debate, and uh, we will let we will let the fans decide which one is uh, going to be our our grand champion and win the inaugural uh, the inaugural the very prestigious best animal in a leading role award. Maybe we'll make a trophy too. Maybe we'll have ribs <laughs> or something. <laughs> Well, Patrick, since since we've arrived at this stalemate and we have to resort to the fan tiebreaker, let us adjourn. Let us cut this segment off with a... And, and well, let me get a, maybe a little digital sound. Because we got to roll into some serious technological and philosophical debates. The, the very serious... Uh, you know, understanding of how technology worked in the 90s and early 2000s. And uh, we, you know, of course, leave it to Hollywood to really bring the hard hitting facts about how computers work (laughs) to, you know, the mainstream audience. And uh, so we've got uh, three fine feature films, The Net, Hackers, and Swordfish. And we've got a variety of topics on here. But uh, Patrick, I believe you've prepared a uh, a brief plot synopsis of some of these films. Would you like to dive into one or all three of those? You can call me Metacritic, Rotten Tomatoes, or IMDb, also college nicknames. Look it up. Uh, if you haven't done so, what we're going to be doing is we're going to be comparing these movies on very different uh, different um, psychological, existential accuracy, comedic roles, and everything like that. But we wanted to give... First off, go and take and watch all these movies. They are phenomenal <laughs> That is air quoted as phenomenal, but the net 1995 starring Sandra Bullock, a security engineer, Angela, Angela Bennett, Sandra Bullock discovers a security flaw in a software while testing the new website for the band Mozart's ghost self-proclaimed hottest band on the internet. (laughs) After ordering a pizza online, Angela prepares for her vacation to Mexico. Her trip is no picnic as people want to erase the bug security flaw. She found Greg's systems gatekeeper program allows hackers to access highly classified systems and cause havoc on Angela's life in an attempt to get the disc and fix the issue. Net 1995 budgeted 22 million uh, gross box office at 50.7 million dollars. Not bad. Brought in some coin. Not bad. Sandra Bullock. Yeah, she wins. I don't know why, but she always It's Miss Congeniality right there, all 100% of it. So the next movie is a fine movie. Uh, by the name of Hackers, one word, uh, 1995. A story, this is, a story takes place where a group of hackers that stumble into saving a buddy who also stumbled upon a file and data that he was not supposed to see. Angelina Jolie and Matthew Lillard and others hack the planet to <laughs> save their friend Joey, which ends up with, ends with one of the most outrageous scenes of hacking the Gibson, fighting the plague, and also Penn Jillette. <laughs> Damn it! You stole my thunder on Pendulette. You could have teller. best IT guy ever. You could have teller on that. At least he had a ponytail of that. So, <laughs> H- Hackers was 1995 film. Came out I think 
either right before the net. They came out right around the same time. Yeah, uh, they were both 95, 96 range. Like within months of each other, they were summer block summer blockbusters. You see Angelina Jolie with short hair and very yeah. revealing clothing in there. It's kind of like in her like like a grungy kind of face, like the whole like Gone in sixty seconds came off of that afterwards. So anyway, uh, Hackers had a budget of twenty million dollars estimated, grossed uh, magical seven point five million dollars, close <laughs> to recouping costs. Had a, had a rough go on that. I'm sure residuals though are coming in and uh, boosting the end dollar amount. Right? Oh yeah, it's all Matthew Lillard, one hundred percent too. It's like it was Matthew Lillard makes the movie. It's great. Acid burn. <laughs> uh swordfish t- 2001 probably a miramax but no i'm just kidding hugh jackman john travolta halle berry don Cheadle, all perfect for a movie about hacking question mark <laughs> <laughs> stanley played by hugh jackman is 1996 wired magazine's man of the year and he's recruited by gabriel played by travolta and halle berry ginger hugh jackman builds a virus actually he builds a worm Actually, it's a Hydra, which isn't a thing. His computer has a lot of screens, and there is a flying bus in the movie. Yes. So, like, it. okay. So, Swordfish <laughs> costs $102 million estimated and almost made $70 million in gross revenues there. But those are the brief synopsis as they are. Steve, you watched all these movies. Let's Indeed. talk about some stuff. What are some of your uh, notes before we get into our topics or questions? or? Sure. Sure. Well, one obviously the Penn Jillette, uh action in uh, in Hackers pretty but, much still makes my day. Because you needed me, you needed a magician to be able to stop the bugs. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And uh, yeah, the uh, I mean, just having him be the I, I wouldn't call him a lowly IT guy, but he's the one who who catches uh, you know the the group there, and uh, you know really. El- escalates the storyline and uh you know so to have pendulette on the front lines of that hacking battle is uh you know a very uh you know he, he, we always forget the role players and i think that, what's the uh, password you know. type god <laughs> okay that's not a thing <laughs> but uh yeah so that that definitely makes it for me then uh the fact that the u.s secret service is involved in hackers like i know that they got involved in some cyber crime stuff in like the 90s they were generally really bad at it and uh yeah wound up i mean in real in real life uh irl for the lay folk um <laughs> this they arrested a bunch of like in actual operations like this just just shows to how far like it and like security and networks and stuff have, have come because like they wound up arresting a ton of people who had no involvement in any of these reported schemes for sure, uh, for sure. like one of these operations was basically just like a supposedly like a publicity stunt and i know that they've obvi- like they obviously learned but it's like seeing all that stuff and like at that point in time it's like you even realize like then it's like this doesn't seem right and then you realize like obviously you know decades down the road yeah it definitely wasn't anywhere remotely close to being right <laughs> for sure for sure um so that's a big one i mean in swordfish um aside from uh the, most people's uh you know general uh raving i think Halle berry got like five hundred thousand dollars extra to like be nude in that movie um good for her getting that money but uh get that paper that 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 movie just i mean a a great deal of enjoyment was brought to me by john travolta's bad facial hair 
<laughs> you mean Gabriel did not have good facial hair for you? Yeah, it it was that's bad. I mean, but it's very 2000 and, and 2001 for sure. Like fit the era perfectly. For sure, um, for sure. And then in the net, I just fucking hate Sandra Bullock, so I, I don't I don't even want to talk about her. her. Although her. although fairly uh, you know, uh a decent movie. A, a pretty a decent movie. I mean, not obviously you're not going to have all the technological aspects correct, but uh, certainly not a uh, a miserable uh, sludge through anything like that. It was at least tolerable. For sure. For I still sure. hate her. Yeah, I do think Sandra Bullock is awesome, and I love her and everything she's done. And that did not affect, like, I took and had these all with a grain of salt when I looked at these movies, like, as together, like, sure. you know, I stack ranked them together. So if you're going to have to take in, I'll go into the most accurate category first off. Yeah, you you've got you've got uh, experience in this realm. I'm sure you could lend your hacking. I, uh, I have to this. I have programmed computers. Um, <laughs> let's just leave it there. Um, and so the most accurate that I I will go from reverse order, and I would say the least accurate number th- the the movie that runs in at number three is Swordfish, because I've never been interviewed for a job in IT the way that Hugh Jackman was interviewed for a job <laughs> in IT. You mean you mean uh, a woman, you know, performing various acts on one, also with a well, we find out to be unloaded, an unloaded silence (laughs) pistol at my head, hacking into the uh, what is it, FBI or anything like that? Oh, the Department of Defense or something. One hundred twenty-eight bit encryption. One hundred twenty-eight bit encryption. Yes, I've never had a job interview like that. And if I did, I don't know how I would perform. Yet, yet, I don't know how I would perform. And I'm just gonna leave it at that. Like you just, <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll leave that there. The, the second one that for me was Hackers, and the reason I, I obviously say that this is not as accurate as the others is because those cutscenes of the Gibson when they're flying around the hard drive and the silos yeah. and the visualizations, that doesn't fucking <laughs> exist. That's not a thing. You can't put like a like a eye patch on and like go through like. The what are you memory. talking about, man? It's it's all VR nowadays. I, I guess you can do that. Now. <laughs> it was ahead of its time, I guess. But like, the keyboard they had was this like plexiglass keyboard thing, and you had this one dude sitting there. Like, it just didn't exist. It doesn't have any like even at big companies they don't look and work like that. No, some big companies like well shit. Some like the larger companies have like the command center war rooms, but they don't look anything like that. So no, certainly like, not. hackers was just 100%. Like some of the stuff that they did was cool that you can do, but the interface isn't anything like that. Even oh, at yeah. that time, like, everyone has like a custom, like graphic u- interface. Like, like everything flashes red. Like as soon as like there's an error, it's like, yeah, that, that doesn't happen. <laughs> well, I mean, Linux offers you the uh, ability to take and have like customizable stuff sure, on there, but but not yeah. everybody did it because then it wouldn't work for everybody on the internet. But <laughs> like copying a garbage file, it, they would probably not be able to see any of that stuff. All the data would be most likely encrypted. You would never see it. The plague would never give him a computer to take and do that. Also, crash. What is it? Uh, crash overload or. A no, zero they, they, cool. The guy would never use that computer that he was given because he would know that the guy, the plague, was actually watching his keystrokes and all that stuff. Shit didn't make sense. You wouldn't do that stuff. No, man. You just you just copy the entire database onto a floppy disk at fairly quickly too, and then you're all good. Like that's that's how that's how it works. But don't you like how they hung out at that like what I would equate to the live action Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle uh, foot crew uh, <laughs> cabin and cavern yes. where they were playing PlayStation games? That was fucking sweet. 
Uh, so, but the most accurate one and the most uh, portrayal of the movie would obviously have to be the net. You had uh, somebody who was working from home who was an engineer mm-hmm. who did their job. They were a programmer. They were doing QA. They'd find the virus. Again, the virus on the escape key, doing all the like mutations on your screen, not really going to happen. It would just probably kill your screen or kill your machine. But that was a real that was a real thing. You had the work environment was normal, where the other ones was like, okay, not really. Uh, social engineering is an, is an actual thing where people oh, yeah. take in, go get information from one source and another source and another source and another source to gain access into one system uh, to then take and do things. Um, and there's been a known things of, uh, there was a Wired article where a guy lost his whole digital entity or life because Apple, Amazon, all these disparate pieces of information there um, got out throughout the protocols. Mm-hmm. That that happens. So that's why you have to be protective of your engineering or of your just like with the information you have out there also yeah. in businesses your best practices another thing with social engineering is angela was resourceful angela bennett sandra bullock's character uh used it to get into cathedral software offices and once she was in there she was able to see the person who was impersonating her and be able to expose the crime that was going on and the reason there was person impersonating her it was there's identity theft they changed her identity and right. made her a criminal and then this, the whole movie is talking about data security and security breach of classified systems and the blind faith that by having this Greg Systems gatekeeper out was it protected all. Like, oh, this can't happen. We've got Greg Systems gatekeeper. Well, there's nothing that says that that can't happen. You never know what's going to happen. So you can't. Yes, you have to trust and have faith, but you have to have it as a pragmatic approach. That's why I put it as the most accurate one. So, sure. No, I think that's that's a fair assessment. I think. I mean, I don't have near the uh, technological uh, chops that uh, you might have, but uh, uh, the certainly the command centers of uh, of uh, the the various films where it's like people, uh, people don't do this, like like shouting voice commands to other people that are in the room with you that somehow executes commands on a computer, like. It's just not happening, in especially 90s, not in 1995. It, it, it didn't happen, but now yeah. we're getting closer to that. Right, I'm absolutely. At, I absolutely. have six screens in front of me right now. Right. Well, and then, you know, but yeah, I mean, very much like for the for the time period, it's like look, looking at Hugh Jackman's rig and having like all those screens and stuff, and he's running around his apartment or room or whatever. He's sitting on the couch. Gabriel's house. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, or that's what it is. And yeah. You find the frozen head of Gabriel in the wine <laughs> cellar. Come on, that's not real. But, but like 50,000 watts of Funkin' just playing. I've actually gotten into the groove <laughs> like that, and I'm just like, boo! Just like, once you program a nice JavaScript function that works the first time, you don't have to go and sit through and console debug this shit. Oh, it feels so good. It but, is, uh, it's like that interview process. Yeah, and then also the the thing that I always found the most inaccurate um, is the fact that, like, the, and you kind of alluded to it, but it's like they make hacking into, like, the fucking X games where it's like, oh, man, if the, the faster you type, the more successful you're going to be with, like, executing all this stuff. It's like, well, it's, it's and, like, obviously the various screens and, and, like, flash cuts. I know it's all, you know, editing for the, you know, the purposes of making a, you know, relatively... Uh, Fine piece you know, of American cinema. Uh, oh, I mean, let's be honest having people typing on a keyboard is not necessarily the most exciting thing that's ever happened in uh, the history of cinema. You should watch um, me program. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, it's just like, 
all right, sit, typing very fast doesn't mean you're doing things better. Yeah, I think of like that, uh, like typing very fast doesn't mean you do anything better. I think of that episode where Kramer uh is in hollywood and he for seinfeld where Kramer's oh, yeah. in Hollywood, and he gets hired and he's on murphy brown he's just typing yep. really really fast nothing's actually happening <laughs> yeah it's great but yeah like i mean the accuracy is like you have to figure out what the story was for me the part where swordfish became less of a hacking movie and more of like a hollywood big budget was okay now we're gonna have this like police standoff and this whole right. like gun chases and stuff like that maybe i'm just applying to the wrong jobs or taking and working in different <laughs> firms none of that's ever happened to me or ever been approved like something for me um you know maybe i'm just having the wrong recruiter or yeah something i think like that. i think you you got to get into the high stakes games if you want to uh you know make well you know you got you got big opportunities for big money in those things but you gotta you gotta you know risk uh possibly taking a bullet or uh you know flying off on a bus or <laughs> any number of other potential uh you know life-threatening outcomes that you may have yeah human uh, claymores like that just yep. didn't make any sense so yeah. yeah i think that's that was our first one the most accurate i think the accuracy one is something that we wanted to take into uh first off the bat the next one that i have is best protagonist and sure the reason is you have to have somebody that you can and best isn't necessarily the most technical it's one that's most relatable for me mm-hmm. and i i could not put anybody in necessarily from the movie hackers because like Angelina Jolie, they really didn't do much. They just had these flashy screens, and granted, they were reading books and doing stuff. Matthew, like they didn't really show any of the programming stuff. And granted, they didn't show much of the programming stuff. But I would say Hugh Jackman, Stanley Jobson would have been my number two, and then Angela Bennett would have been my best pro- protagonist, just because yeah. she was. Every, she actually had stuff that was going on to her that could happen in reality. Not that was too far-fetched. Yes, it's far-fetched that you'd lose your passport, somebody would change your identity and just like wreak havoc on everything that you do. But she was in survival mode. The other guys were just gun for hire and helping friends sure. out. It was a very different thing. So there was a reason for her to do this. And she had this like natural pragmatic skepticism about it, which you'll find in a lot of developers writing software and doing things. It's very... it's if you haven't met people in the software world, a lot of them are very pragmatic where input output. If I do this, this will come from that, uh, man, that's really serious stuff. I, <laughs> I really sound boring now talking about blah, 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 computer, 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 blah, 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 MySpace. Well, you could have taken the easy way route and, and just talked about Angelina Jolie or Halle Berry or anything like that. So, I mean, but I'll, I'll second your motion on that. I'm uh that's, that's where my head's at it too. I mean, and plus it was a, a, a relatable story too. It was like, all right, this person's been kicked and you know, now let's watch them bounce back. Yeah. And everybody was trying to screw with her. Like yeah. even the people that were trying to help her, it was all just a, a ruse by this like agency trying to cover up. And it was, it was all about money too. And it was never a government thing. It was just, it was an interesting thing. So I think the next one we go into is our most entertaining category. And our most entertaining category has to be with like things that were fun, things that were like that I enjoyed 100%. I think I enjoyed the movie, the net 100%. Like it was a good movie, but most entertaining moment for me, the reason that I continue to watch hackers uh, regularly. And when I mean regularly, it's like quarterly (laughs) or semi quarterly 
it's job training. It's to you know? keep up with technology. Yeah, it's like to figure out how to do that. But hacking the Gibson. I'm just going to leave that there 100%. That's the scene Steve's talking about. I'm going to leave that there because I'm going to address it later. But then also, <laughs> Swordfish building the worm, the Hydra, yeah. the eight-headed worm with the 1,028 crypt. Uh, encryption <laughs> that shit doesn't exist but the 50,000 watts of funkin the techno music and him going and doing the, the dancing and all that stuff oh yeah that was freaking funny that's I, excellent Jack, oh god yeah that's excellent i think um, he was wearing leather pants too <laughs> don't quote I, me on I, that I, yeah I'm, I'm not 100 sure i can't say that i was actively uh uh, and scouting see, scouting wardrobe at and, that point. And see, that's how these movies aren't accurate because most developers don't wear pants. <laughs> but uh, I don't. I, no, of course not. You wear shorts. Work from home. <laughs> but uh, the uh, yeah, I, I'm hackers is is my enter, my most entertaining one out of this. Just simply out of uh, watching outdated and or uh, ridiculous technology and just in general the level of like there's a there's a strong correlation like the more preposterous the movie is the more likely i am to enjoy it and that i find that to be the most preposterous of the of the three films so that's that's generally where my head goes and they were all supposed to be high schoolers yes and, and again adding to how preposterous it is what was the kid's punish uh what's his name's punishment like he got busted for shutting down all those systems and then he like couldn't touch a computer until he was 18, 18. or a phone yeah. or like you couldn't dial a phone. Yeah. Yeah. He could. Cause he was freaking right. Like he was, uh, the, he was doing stuff with like the fake phone calls and stuff. Well, the motives were all phone based. Right. So right. Couldn't dial a phone. Couldn't do anything like that. Yeah. To 18th birthday. If you're doing like a cyber, like you'd have a financial penalty. There would be some other stuff. You wouldn't get your modem taken away in your yeah. machine. <laughs> like, come on. And then, yeah, but I feel bad because he did move in his senior year because I can sure. empathize with that. I moved yeah, in that, senior that's year. Yeah, that's tough. That's a tough challenge. I'm just glad he found a group of kindred spirits to go on that amazing adventure with. Yeah, which all became... Much like uh, Homeward Bound. Yeah, which all became Foot Clan in the Turtles movies where they just <laughs> kind of like moved them over. It's like, okay, they switch. They're on the Sony set and then they just moved over. We're doing Hackers. Okay, now we're doing Turtles. <laughs> Weren't they, weren't they weren't they like operating at what well, they said they were what in the ground ground level grand central station right 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 <laughs> yeah the interesting part is why do they all rollerblade oh why would you say why do they? why do they i mean why wouldn't you i thought hackers would more be skateboarders but that could just be me no man rollerblading was the thing back then okay i get it i get it it's so a, it's an efficient method of transport if anything i mean if hackers are anything they're efficient yeah, you write scripts to automate your job, so you are efficient <laughs> there. They should have the rollerblading started the wheelie trend, the heely shoes. Like uh, they should have been doing that. Okay, so to move on to the next thing, the most "Are you fucking kidding me?" moment is gotta be. And I said, put a put a dog yeah, on that page here. It's gotta be hacking the Gibson because yeah. if you. Ha- Go watch this movie right now if you haven't done this, or just I'll post the link. Watch the clip of the clip of hacking the Gibson. So, Pendulette knows that there's oh we got an intrusion here, and he starts to see this, and there is oh we've got a cookie bug in the system, and there's this cookie monster eating stuff. It's like (laughs) type cookie, you idiot! I'll head them off at the pass. I hate that cliche. Um. Guys, there's no such thing as a pass in anything related to computers. So, like heading them off at the pass, what does that mean? Um, you can head them off at the pass. 
Yeah, that's not. Oh, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> um, we have a zero bug attacking login files. Run antivirus. These nope. are all codes. This is all scripts and things that you execute on a daily basis. So nope, <laughs> we don't we don't want you to release your proprietary software out here. But what I the mean, fuck if you is feel like sharing, bug? what is a zero <laughs> bug? It's attacking all login files. What's it? Uh, was he? Uh, was the the rabbit? And then no, hold the, on, hold on, hold on, okay, hold on. I don't want I don't want to blow up your spot. Go yeah, ahead. a rabbit in the administration system. Send a flu shot. <laughs> Nope, <laughs> that's not a fucking thing. What if these were all physical things? <laughs> yeah, these are these are interesting. the The thing though that's interesting about that movie that was somewhat realistic, or not realistic, but more of like future proofing, was when they ran out of their forty hours of AOL. <laughs> that too, it's um, it's showing the um, uh, uh, permeation of and the ubiquity of computers running systems and so like when the guys were what they were trying to do is they were trying to hack this planet or not well i guess that's the the thing hack the planet is not a thing um but what they were trying to do was they were trying to take and solve i'm not going to give the whole plot away but the my best villain in this i'm going to go jump into this because i want to get a little bit of a synopsis here the plague from hackers eugene is a fucking villain <laughs> on a skateboard it was great uh best villain not gabriel sucked and uh jack devlin in the net was not that good he was efficient sure. but not good he was actually not really that good too um there was more <laughs> drama but still um the ubiquity of technology and systems that are connected is a very interesting thing that we're talking about now in the 2017 realm and stuff like that. It's interesting that they talked about could foresee some of this stuff in the 90s because what they're talking about in hackers, what they're trying to prevent is these boats are all automated, right? Right. So they're, the ballast would open. So they were trying to take in, basically they ran a virus that would cause that to sink, capsize. And the Hack the Planet, Angelina Jolie, Matthew Lillard, and company, and Joey, who managed to stumble into this, were trying to reverse that and try to get their names cleared by taking and doing this good thing. Um, it's it's very interesting how we don't, like, previously it's like, oh, when the power went out, what are we going to do for an hour when the power goes out? Mm-hmm. Now it's the internet went out. What are we going to do for the internet, you know? We're so connected. It's interesting that in the 1995s, somebody, you know, may have not known what they're doing, but we've got, you know, connected cars, connected things already. We don't have hoverboards and self-lacing shoes. Not not yet. Yeah. It, it's very interesting how some movies have picked, like, put their finger in the pulse and got it figured out, and some didn't. That's a, What do you think? So, I mean, Swordfish had a budget of, what did you say? It was uh, 102. 102 I think a lot of it went to salary. I, it had to have been. Yeah, it had to, because it's like, how much of the, of each one of these budgets? So let's let's say Hackers. Hackers was $20 million. How much do you think they spent on technical consultants as far as, like, all right, we need to we need to you know re- portray a realistic hacking experience. I think what they were trying to do from a technical, I, I don't think a lot to be honest. No, no, it can't I think be. I think a lot of their budget for those movies would have been uh, historical, like not necessarily technical from a, like a computer standpoint. Because mm-hmm. in '95, you had Windows '95 just coming out. None of those machines or views or anything that you were looking at could have right. happened. 
Um, even at the level of like the Gibson, where that would have been the equivalent of Watson at the time. Mm-hmm. IBM or what was it? Was it Blue before the chess playing machine? Yeah, Blue is one of them, and yeah, I think I think Blue was the was the original one. Most of those didn't have interfaces, mm-hmm. like you would just be typing command line stuff. Um, so I I think that what it was trying to do is if they had consultants on it, they would be talking more about like the social implications of it versus the the technical prowess be- behind sure. all that. And I think to be honest, the reason Swordfish has such a high budget is salaries. But Swordfish had. If you look at it, it wasn't about hacking. Hacking was a first vehicle for it. And then it became just a movie about terrorism. Yeah, it definitely devolved away from it. I think the net and hackers are more, uh, I think, have more of the hacking element to it. Not that not that Swordfish doesn't have some, but I think it certainly devolved, like you said. Right. I think that if you want to take and find better movies that are probably with it, it's that Die Hard movie that came out a couple years ago um where what didn't they have like uh, kevin smith wasn't he one of the characters in it <laughs> oh, where they were hacking the power grid what if um, it was kevin james <laughs> that too paul blart mall cop um paul blart mall cop three hack <laughs> cyber cop yeah but if you really want to take and find like this is off topic of these three movies but if you want a movie that's or a series that's more realistic to this go watch mr robot that's very oh, yeah, close that's very that's good very close to and that's a lot more realistic this because there's stuff that they do that is very realistic. And we all, left we we could have thrown the Matrix in here too, but that gets into a little bit more philosophical. Uh, yeah, that's with a hacking background. Right, right. And the other one that I was thinking about, even if you're trying to think about like not necessarily hacking, but like programming, would be the Social Network. Sure, is a great one too. But we've gone to my best villain. We've done that. That's through my categories. Steve, what were your favorite of the three? In ranked my, order, yeah, my favorite of the three is going is going to be hackers, number one, and then swordfish is my number two. The net is number three. Um, the net I find to be the most like plausible, but again, like I said before, my my enjoyment curve is uh, is skewed towards uh, things that are ridiculous. So that's that's in general the way I flow with it. Right, right, right. For me, I. I obviously went in this order. Number three would have been Swordfish because after you see um, Halle Berry's party, uh, <laughs> the movie really goes downhill from there. Um, yeah, it sucked. <laughs> <laughs> I'm three beers in, and I can with confidence say that that movie was not good. It doesn't. It, John Travolta's facial hair doesn't do it for you, though. It, it could have it been doesn't. a lot. It could have been a lot better with who you picked at that time. I mean, for freaking sake, Hugh Jackman at that point, 2001, yeah. was definitely Wolverine. Like, was he? Yeah. When did Wolverine come out? W- one of the X-Men movies? Yeah. Uh, 97, 98? Really? It was that long so. ago? You could probably check it. Uh, quote me on there. But Don yeah. Cheadle wasn't cheap. Halle Berry definitely wasn't. You know, for the amount of actors they had in there, they could have had a lot better of a storyline. For it, but if you're looking for like a terrorism kind of thing, it was good. And you know, oh, it's a Robin, it's a Robin Hood twist. No, I didn't buy it. I you got me on this being a hacking thing. It wasn't um, there. Number two would uh, definitely be hackers hacking the hack the planet, hack the Gibson. It's fun. It's an entertaining movie. I'm sure. not gonna lie. I think it's hilarious. I laugh at it all the time. I watch it also semi quarterly. Most likely, <laughs> all, a lot of time I do own it on a lot of different mediums. But again. 
if I'm going at it for a 100%, the net has always been my favorite. I remember watching that when it first came out. Not in yeah. theaters, but like on HBO, like when it first came out. And it was a good movie. I enjoyed it. It was realistic. I don't think it would, I don't think any of these movies made me want to get into computers, but I think that, you know, it was good. And, you know, Sandra Bullock was nice. Uh, doesn't hurt <laughs> the eyes to look at, you know? When yep, think, we, we know you're a fan. I'm a fan. I'm a fan. So that's my fave. So, you know, I think that's where I go. How'd I do? Did I do well? Is this going to be our, is this good? Is this a good segment? Are we done? Yeah, I, I mean, are we? Uh, I mean, I hope to find out that uh, some other people think your, uh, uh, you know, your your pick is wrong, so that they can blast you just like your sandwich cutting and your your ketchup dipping and things of that nature. But I feel uh, like I'm just gonna get blasted on everything, <laughs> just purposely. <laughs> no, I think I think you've made sound points and uh, and cohesive points, and uh, you've lent a great deal of technological expertise and. Uh, uh, a deep passion for uh, fine American cinema. I know I will not fix your printer, and the best movie involving a printer is Office Space. <laughs> and you are also 100% correct about X-Men, which came out in 2000. So they were, they, him and Halle Berry were like Todd billing, right? Yeah, yeah. They, they had to she was Storm. Yeah, fat stacks on that one. I bet, I bet. yeah, I think you're 100% right there. And John Travolta was coming off Grease in like 82, so, you know... <laughs> to kind of segue us into I mean, Travolta had his renaissance with Pulp Fiction. So I'm sure, uh, I'm sure he was still getting decent, decent coin for right, that, right. Uh, for that movie. So, well, my man, we must now bid adieu to this fine segment on technology. So let us end it with a beep, boop, 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 engage hacking. Enhance. <laughs> Enhance. <laughs> there you go. Super troopers hacking. Enhance. But Patrick, why don't you uh, wrap the uh, show up? Uh, why don't you tell everybody uh, where they can find us? Absolutely. Three beers in, three ballast points in. That was our beer of the week. Our hot tub pick of the week was definitely Founders Rubeus. Uh, if you want to take and find us all these beers out, we're going to be taking and doing some special recordings. Uh, and Special more, report. Special report. Bah, 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 and posting that onto the internet, our website. So you can have the beer that we can get some more information about that for there. But if you haven't been on the internet and haven't been to our website yet, go to ohthispodcast.com. I promise you we will not be hacking you on there. It is an informational <laughs> source for you to enjoy us enjoying you enjoying us. Uh, if you haven't done so, also go to facebook.com. Also go to Twitter. Please do us a huge favor. We need to settle this Simba versus uh, Amy, the gorilla. Uh, so we're going to post it on Facebook. Go there. Solve us there. Tell us who's wrong. I could be a monster. Steve could be a monster. We don't know. If you haven't done so, uh, do that also. Leave us five-star reviews, all that stuff. Steve, I'm leaving some stuff out. Let me. What am I leaving out? Well, I'll tell you what you're leaving out, my man. If uh, you would like to support the show in any in a, a financial way, perhaps uh, sponsor a beer of the week, perhaps a, uh, uh, perhaps a future hot tub beer of the week, or uh, uh, just in general, you want to uh, show us a little love for doing what we do, uh, you can get, catch us on Patreon and uh, make a donation there. And uh, we will also, uh, there's a number of different things that we may do for you or uh, uh, provide you with if uh, you provide, uh, you know, give a, show us a little love there. So we're always happy to uh, take that in any way, shape or form. And then, uh, yeah, that's uh, pretty much uh, the run of the mill. Get it. Most importantly, though, get at us about this Amy versus Simba thing because it's going to eat at me for the next couple of days, and I want to I want to have a firm, strong resolution to it because I think I'm right, damn it, and uh, I don't I don't want to lose this one. But uh, you know, this is this is for the fans to decide, not for me. 
it's out of our hands. It's out of our hands. So again, thank you for joining me, Steve, on this lovely day to take and record this podcast, even though we are doing it via the interwebs. Until next time, I'm Steve. I'm Patrick. And we are out. Out.